juicy topic is God in control and I'm really not looking for yes or no because we actually kind of need to examine the question Uh, and I, I think it's really important because we have a need for control we have a need to feel that everything's not spinning out outside our control and so we have a God who controls things And I, and so it comes from the place where we don't like the unknown. We like security and it really is a filter through which we see God. And so there's multiple ways to come at this question and it's a good question. So if you have the question, yay, you, I mean, it's a good question and it's very human. So let's talk about it. I mean, God is love. I think we can agree on that. And let me just ask you, if someone so-called loves you and they, you don't have like a choice to love them back, but you are controlled or manipulated or intimidated to love them back, is it really love? And I would say no. Because we all need to choose. And human will is actually a, a really important to the Lord because his primary nature is love. And love, because love is all about the object of his passion and all about relationship of having him loving you and you loving him back and all about that where I have to control you, intimidate you, threaten you with hell or something if you don't jump through the hoops or whatever it is to get you to love me back, that would not be love. Actually, you're violating love. But God is sovereign. And so what does sovereign mean? Sovereign has lots of meanings. And really what sort of the pop culture or what sort of evangelical Christianity, lots of other forms of Christianity have said is that, you know, God is sovereign and ultimately what he wants will come to pass. And I don't think that's right. God is sovereign because he's the foremost and preeminence, but in your free will, where he, his commandment to us is to love as he loves. And then when we don't do that, because we have a free will, to be selfish, to self-protect, to um, take advantage of people, to be, to brutalize, you know, to hoard, to try to control everyone around, whatever we're doing that's violating love. That's not God's will, but it is um, something he allows as he's working with you in you to help you heal in a redemptive, not retributive fashion, so that you actually will love as he loves. And it's a risky business because then we can choose all sorts of things that don't look like love. And he let humanity fall, not because 
he's a jerk. And let me just help you with this. He didn't punish humanity after they rebelled. He immediately started redeeming. As a matter of fact, he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So in his omniscience as the person of love, he performed the sacrifice necessary to win back all humanity in himself before the problem happened on the human timeline. It's pretty amazing. So I like to say he's the big A answer that came before the little P problem of the fall. And I, and the fall is worse than we know. You know, I, I, I think we're better than we know. I think our problem is that we don't know it. And so God is always in the business of conforming us into the image of Christ. But that's not a control thing. You can choose to fight it as long as you can hold out against love. <laughs> and I held out quite a while, just so you know. <laughs> and it's called, let me think, sin. It's called stupid. <laughs> but, you know, we all, it comes from places of not knowing who we are, not knowing who he is. We are orphan hearted. So we believe we have to provide for ourselves. We have to protect for ourselves. We have to earn our own worth and value as if it's not intrinsic, as if we have to do something to cover up the ugliness of who we really are. Such a lie. And that we're all alone. And so we wander from thing to thing because we can never rest. As long as it's on us, we're like, it, we can never rest. And that's kind of what an orphan hearted person is. And that, that's where we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds and the renewing of our hearts. So what is true is programmed in as truth against the lies that we've believed so that the truth actually feels true. And that is what wholeness looks like right? It's the truth you know in your inner person, right? And I know so many believers who are amazing, beautiful people who are just doing the best they can. And they're just struggling so hard at trying, saying that I I believe. And this is not a, like a, a ding on your belief. It's just that where you don't know, where you don't believe, you don't know. And, and the truth is what blindness is, is we don't know what we're blind to. We don't know what we don't know. But God knows in our cluelessness, in your cluelessness, God adores us. God adores you. And he's right with you in every decision you will ever make, leading you and guiding you. You know, if, if the commandment is to love as he loves, that's a romancing and a wooing of the heart. And where we've had crap happen. And we've made it mean a lie in our subconscious. God is about revealing that. And a lot of times we function out of our lies. We function out of our false identities. Our true identities are as Christ in this world, like Christ in your flavor. Okay. That is who you really are. That is eternal. It is not up for grabs. You can't sin your way away from that. You can't be forced to act from that, but when you're tracking with who you really are, that's a, a manifestation, a, a revealing of the sons and daughters of God. That's freedom. That's integrity. That's holiness or wholeness. That changes the world. And so God is relentless. So in the place where we tell God no, see, we can't give him a, a real yes if we can't give him a real no. But God is love. 
He's a wooer. He's a romancer. And he is a healer. So any sense of wrath is not to punish something that is forgiven. You don't punish what you've forgiven. If all sin was forgiven, all fallen ways of being and the actions that came out are forgiven, you don't punish what you forgive because it's been forgiven. And that's on God's end. So you may not repent. You may not whatever. That means you're going to be stuck in a hellish fallen way of being because you're not receiving forgiveness. You're not tracking with who God made you and you're not letting God heal you in all the ways that make you act like a selfish animal, all of our issues, right? So it's an experiential reality. You know, at some point, if we um, rebel against that, it's like life sucks. I mean, it's hell. There are consequences of fallen ways of being or violating love or sin. I, I really look at more as violating love. Why? Because it's your nature in the image and likeness of God, your truest nature. Love is holy or whole. And when we violate all that, well, you know what? It hurts us. It hurts other people. And sometimes we don't know how to get out of it. And so we promise, promise, promise. And then we find ourselves in the same crap a day later or whatever. And then we condemn ourselves. God's not condemning you. There is no condemnation in Christ. But we do condemn ourselves. And that you should resist condemnation as much as you resist sin because you want to be better and out of the place of being better, do better as a byproduct. And that's not going to come with condemnation. That's not going to come with shame. So God's all about stripping all the crap off, the false ways of being. He's all about forgiveness. So we have a chance to do better. He's all about stripping off shame, all of that. He's not saying that it's okay. No, it really is not okay. Hurting yourself and hurting other people is not okay. It's just forgiven. So let me help you with that thing that's not okay. So. God is not going to control you to do the right things. He's not going to control anybody. But he is a master wooer and redeemer. He's on the inside convincing you, wooing you, romancing you, empowering you. God is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire to will and to work for his good pleasure satisfaction and delight, which is pleasurable, satisfying and delightful because you get to track on all cylinders with who he created you to be and in relationship with him and in relationship with one another. And it's gorgeous and you're gorgeous. And that Philippians 2.13, that's the Amplified Classic. I just happen to like that one. But God is not nowhere in that scripture. Does it say that God will control you? Okay. Now I do believe that God's ability to romance and to woo is breathtaking. And I really believe he can outlast us. It's pretty hard to resist something that you actually are. Like if you're as Christ in this world, whether you've said the prayer, repented of sin, all of that, if you're as that, if that is your original design before the foundation of the world, anything you're doing to counter that, is hellish in your own life, like experientially. I, I know that sin like has pleasure for a season, but the word is for a season. 
And you know in your knower, there's something in you that knows about this God, whether you know him as Christ or not. It is Christ. I believe there's only one way to the Father, but I believe he'll sit with you in whatever way you are trying to track and bring us all up higher. None of us can say that we know Christ so perfectly. I mean, so it is love inside you wooing, but not controlling. Yeah. So there's that. I, I had a question and someone was so beautiful. Um, someone with a son who struggles in a lot of the ways that my son with Robert uh, has autism and it can be really hellish um, sometimes, you know, and she's having a lot of things and she's like, how much does he allow? And that's kind of a, a loaded question. I, I, I've been kind of sitting with it because if you think that the loving God sort of lets these things pass through his fingers, right? I don't know. Would you do that for your kids? I think what it does is undermine your ability to trust. And ultimately, it's about trusting the one who loved you and gave himself up for you in the hardest place that you have, which is the area of your pain, the area where you believe lies, the area where maybe you believe that he's a punisher and been taught that he's a punisher, that his wrath is against you rather than for you. And so it's this area of trust. So I'm not sure it's the right question. Now, I do believe God for protection. Like if someone wants to murder me, I believe God to protect me in my household. And he's led me and guided me. We've had lots of situations, particularly with Robert, who is so vulnerable, where really bad things could have happened, like really bad things could have happened. And, you know, we've had car accidents where we should be dead. My daughter, car accident, should have been dead. I mean, lots of stuff like that. And I, I, you know, there was a phase in my life when my husband, it was off to, he was in the Iraqi war. So, you know, this was a thing, okay? And I, <laughs> I'm laughing at me. I literally, like, I was, like, camping out in Psalm 91, but I was kind of doing it in kind of like a superstitious fashion, right? You know, instead of magic, instead of miracle, you know, whatever. So I literally wrote it out on his um, his shirt, but it made me feel better. But the Lord had to minister that to me, but also recognizing crap happens. And so how do we rest in a dangerous world? How do we rest when people get cancer and die and then some get healed? And then how do we grapple with that? And, and I listen, when I come up with all the answers, I will come find you, but don't hold your breath because I, that the answer is found in him. He is a healer, but stuff happens. And so how much does he control? And I think what he's doing is constantly wooing our hearts so that we're growing in the knowledge of him and the knowledge of who we are. And from that place of being a beloved daughter and son, we transcend. And sometimes that comes out of poofy, boofy miracles. And I vote for those, man, I'm the gold dust girl. I'm like, whatever you you got. Okay. But I also recognize it's not just the signs and wonders. It's the person. It really is the person. And yeah, we need miracles. But I, I think we get too limited in our understanding what we define as the miraculous. And 
in our definitions of the miraculous, you know, we, it has to look like something. And I think it's really important. And this is where we run into problems. And I think it's where kind of the question comes from is that we have expectations about what it should look like. Okay. So let me just take me <laughs> as an example. So, you know, my son was diagnosed with autism when he was three. He had a sensory integration disorder diagnosed at two. And it, I mean, it was brutal. It really was brutal. And we, this has been a long walking out. And, you know, I'm like believing and I've seen miraculous healings and whatever that healings happened, it's been a walkout process. Has that been because of my unbelief? Well, you know, maybe, but like, if I go to that place, I can spin out in hell because I'm a mom and I don't believe and I'm in the way of my son receiving his healing. I just don't think it's that clear cut. And I think I need help where I need help. So, and so he's leading and guiding me into all truth. And as he's led me and guided me into all truth, we've seen more and more manifest. Has it been the way that sham? Wow. You know, I got this testimony and, you know, and, and he came back and he was in his right mind and he's in medical school now and doing crazy things. Blah, blah, blah. Great. And I vote for that. I vote for that for my son, but my son is doing great and loved right where he's at with where he's at. And he is energizing and helping us be parents when maybe it's a little, in some ways it's harder. I mean, not all kids have issues, right? And so my expectors, where I got out of this place where I was so disappointed, where hope deferred was made my heart sick, was where I could engage with God, receive his ministry for my emotions. Like seeing your son spin out, it is hell. It is wrong. My mom died of cancer. It's wrong. All these different things. So what are my expectors? I, I think the Lord can lead you. How can you expect? What is the expectation? Because I think sometimes, you know, I came from a word of faith camp and God bless. That's great. I'm so grateful. But a lot of times it was like, well, if I just believe hard enough, it'll happen the way I want to. And then I slapped something on it. And I know Jesus healed everyone. I get it. I get it. But how does that work? Is that, is there a, a time? Is there, is there a, a, a process? Is there a sham wow? Bam, there it is. And if there's a sham wow, there it is. You know, am I the one because I don't believe hard enough? And now I beat myself up and I'm trying to work the word to get it to work. Well, this is anti-relational. It's kind of assuming that all the burdens on me. And of course, I'm going to get condemned because, you know, it's not ShamWow. And so that shouldn't be my expectation. Our expectations are in relationship where we're growing in the knowledge of God. You know, he is wild about me and he's wild about my son. And in that place where things aren't perfect in the yucky here and now, I'm at rest because things are working. And as I enter that rest and cast my care over what's ugly, what is like, no, that is wrong. And I hand that to him because he's the only one that can handle it. I can enter rest and things progress and move forward. And I don't get into this place of condemnation. And I have learned I can trust him even with the answers that I don't know. You know, Bill Johnson's seen a ton of cancers healed, but his own dad died of cancer. So what about that? I don't know. <laughs> but I do know God heals. 
and I'm not, and I'm not saying he's waiting for heaven to do. I mean, I, I personally feel that God ministers to us even after we die. I don't think death is a savior. I think he's a savior in this dimension and the next. I don't want to spend too much time there, but I trust him in his ability to redeem and in the place where I'm not seeing what I really need to see. I engage with him and let him minister to me. And if I'm angry, I forgive him. I hand him my rage. I hand him, where are you? What are you doing? How could you let that happen? How can you be a good God of love if you let children be raped and all these horrible things? How can you be that? And that's okay. All right. Well, I mean, if, if that's where you are, do that. Like engage with him there. But there is a point where you're like, honey, I'm, I am love and I adore you and I'm in you and I really am working things out. And I'm masterful and I'm, I've taken into account every stupid thing you will ever do or think. I've also taken into account your inability to believe and trust me here. I've taken it all into account. You know, it's like I, when I wrote Mark by Love, I wrote, your job is to believe and God's job is to help you with your job. Apart from him, we can no, do no dang thing. And that's not because he withholds. That's a misunderstanding of who he is. It was his idea to heal and restore before it was ours. And so getting out of the blame game, handing what is the expectation. And, you know, and I think sometimes we've idolized scripture so much that we just have a flat reading and we slap it onto the problem that we have. So here we have a problem and we find the scripture to address that problem. And then if we just confess it long enough, we're going to make it happen because God's arm is so short that it is dependent on you know, on my confession and my fault, whatever. No, he's, he's the one leading and guiding me into all truth. And so by all means, I love the scriptures, but engage with a person who is the word. Engage with a spirit who leads you and guides you in all truth. And what does it look like for me? And how do I walk this out right where I'm at with all the lies I'm believing, with all the junk I have, with all the open doors, you know, I have and all of that. He's pulling you back into himself. We have to start in the right place. If we start in the right place and ask the right questions, he's going to lead us to the answers or him as the answer and not a, not a cop out way, but just as a like, I'm good way. But if we start off with the wrong premise and we're asking the wrong question, we're going to end up in the wrong place. And then we're going to get all ticked off at God because either he wasn't there or condemn ourselves because we must have been unworthy or didn't believe enough and wrong. All of those things are wrong. That's not what God has for us. The place where God does have control is self-control. <laughs> I'm just saying, you look, okay, so look at something that you maybe did that was despicable and maybe that's not you, but somebody, people do despicable things. And God's wrath against them does not break out. Now, he hates those sinful ways of being. He hates the harm. And he better if love is love. But the wrath is for his sons and daughters. And the sinful ways of being, the hamartia, the false identities, and the behavior that is destructive that comes out of that, God hates all that. Oh, he's after it like a duck on a June bug. But the thing is, the love of playing ground because we all got it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know why I think, yeah, it is kind of funny. So he's after that because that's for his son and daughter. It's like, oh, my son, my daughter does not know who they are. 
And so now I'm, I'm leading, I'm guiding, I'm leading, I'm guiding. And in the place of being a son and daughter whose father, elder brother, husband, uh, communion with the spirit, you're one and you're adored and you're resting in that, you know, things come out as a byproduct. It's not on you. Jesus said, as you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I will say a but here, but he's not going to do it without you. Why? Because he's a God of relationships. So he's asking you to partner. So the question is, Houston, we have a problem. Someone was diagnosed with cancer. My son has autism. You know, we have this violence. My kids are on the streets. I mean, we, you know, crap happens. All right. You live in the same world I am. Okay. So I'm glad we've established that. But with that, and it's a real thing and you're in pain and they're in pain. And sometimes it is like emergency, all of that. Okay. So Jesus, how do I approach this? How do you navigate me through? What am I learning about you in the process? What am I learning about me? And what is the very unique plan for me to walk this out and address a very real problem? Then we're operating like our Heavenly Father, Jesus and Holy Spirit, right? In self-control, right? In self-control. And we operate in self-control. Why? That's a fruit of love. Regularly, I run into people who honestly, I their their behavior is so atrocious. I just want to pinch their heads off. And that's being nice. <laughs> and you too. I mean, you know, I'd be lying if I said, I just think everybody's just wonderful. I do think everybody's wonderful. But I think our fallen ways of being suck. And we hurt each other. And it's not okay. So he's giving me the fruit of self-control that I don't pinch their heads off. <laughs> that honestly, maybe their wrath and their ugliness, he'll give me a soft answer. That maybe I just don't respond for the minute because I need to collect myself because I'm really ticked off. And then I wait and respond. Or maybe I just don't respond. Whatever. I mean, the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit does not leave the same. He is not, listen, there's not like... Chuck the formulas. It's all about relationship. Chuck it. Chuck it. Let me just help you right now. Settle down. It's not a formula. And it's all about relationship. So I'm operating in self-control so I can do what God has led me to do. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about Jesus and like, seriously, like you're calling me a demon. Okay. And you are a self-righteous. You're hurting people. You're condemning people. Right. You're, you're, you're preventing, preventing obstacles from any true knowledge of God. This is, it's horrific. And how much self control did it take? That's a lot. So, and that's the fruit. And that is as we abide, the fruit comes forth. And that is the kind of control that we have. The security you have in life, which is where you're really asking, comes from God, who's wild about you. How's it all going to play out? What can you count on? You can count on him. And it looking ultimately like it's supposed to be. And this side of heaven, other side of heaven, I, I think we, 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 we make this false dichotomy because heaven's a dimension away. Heaven's in you. You're one. You're seated. And so how much can God manifest? And this is not going to happen in your striving. So just settle down. <laughs> Catherine, 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Believe me, I've had these conversations at times. I still need them. I need to go settle down. <laughs> it's not going to happen in your striving. It's going to happen in your resting. And where you can't rest, that needs ministry. Because ultimately what you're saying is, God, I can't trust you here. I don't trust you here. I'm tormented. And that needs ministry. And so what's the lie in believing about God? Well, yeah, he, he doesn't care as much as I do. He's passive. He's distant. You know, I've got to, I've got to do just the right. I can't miss anything. Otherwise the healing's not going to manifest or whatever. Uh, like it's on me. No, it's on him. He's a yoke into me. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm meek, humble, lowly. Listen, I come to serve you. Your service will come as you love others because you love others. You will serve them and you love me. You'll be going out and helping others because I don't really need anything from you. I just love you and I want relationship with you, but I'm really complete enough myself. So your service is an outgrowth of love. I'm just asking you to love and I'm helping you get there from here because I know you can't do it apart from me. So we yoke in with love. We cast our cares. He takes the heavy. If it's toxic, he wants it. And you bear fruit. And he causes your soul to rest in the process. Because I don't know about you, but things never seem to happen fast enough. (laughs) But I'm okay with it. You know why? Because in the waiting or whatever else, I have cultivated this place of me and God, and you, you can too. This is, this is practice. I practice a lot all the time. I still practice where I'm, oh my God, thank you for adoring me. Thank you for loving me when I can't believe. Thank you for loving me and adoring me in a place where I just think you look like the biggest creep for creating a race you knew would fall. And what about that? And I don't have the answers for, blah, 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 and I don't have the answer for, and I look, and it looks like I pray to you and bad things happen. And what the hell, you know, and all of this, and we engage and he helps me and we move forward and, you know, beautiful things happen. And it's amazing. Half the time, um, you know, you have a long season of whatever. It feels super long. And sometimes it is super long. And then you have this stuff happens like, wow. Things get better. They really do. And that is yours. But your job is to grow in your relationship with him. Let him heal you. Let him sustain you. And you walk it out. Being conformed into the image and likeness of love. Yielding to that process. The fastest way is through. You're not a worm that he needs to fix. You're so gorgeous. You need to be unveiled. And the stupid stuff you've got going on in your head and your ways of being, your subconscious, well, that needs to be healed because he adores you. Because he will never leave you alone. Because living in a fallen, substandard way of being is not good enough for a son and daughter of God. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you today. There's lots of other directions that we could go and share this with someone who needs this. I love you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.